Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast. Where our goal is to make politics more accessible and less intimidating. The show features an interview with an expert in the political field, walking us through the many cues we have about politics, civics, government, and more. By providing civic education in the places we are. On our phones. And in the language we speak. <laughs> yes, we know, we say like a lot. It's kind of the point. Because politics needed a rebrand. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Girl on the Gov, the podcast. We made a we made a oops today. Big oops happened mm-hmm. because our audio of our amazing interview episode did not make it out alive, basically. Went to go listen to her and she wasn't there. So Sam and I had to pivot. We are doing a solo episode today. Surprise, surprise, which honestly is exciting because this is, has been a highly requested episode. So, you know, it's giving fate. No, the stars are aligning. Mm-hmm. Like literally stars are aligning. I did see yeah. a, sh- a shooting star this fall and I never told anyone about it. And I just want There's supposed to, to be one tomorrow night, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's supposed to be some type of comet happening. Ooh. But... I don't know. I think I saw it on TikTok. Who knows? It is a good day because George Santos. Oh, okay. Is spiraling. I think he's spiraling. He might be unraveling. Okay. I agree with that. But like, I want to know what the very specific, like someone said something very specific to him. Well, you know, he's getting investigated. Yeah. But like, but he just doesn't seem like he's afraid of anything. I don't think you get to, you don't run for Congress as this level of a liar. Mm-hmm. And no, like, I think it's the party I mean? there. They're finally cracking down. Brian posted, I think a good little explainer. Oh, Brian's back. Everyone go follow Brian Derek. Cause Which he, he's amazing. been offline as he deserves to be. He's taken a little hiatus, but he's, he's starting to come back. Why can I type? Am I okay? Okay. So he said Santos will still be in Congress and can vote on the floor, but effectively loses the ability to introduce and amend legislation. I think Republicans are doing this to try to turn the page and relieve some of the pressure for him to resign. That won't stop the DOJ investigations, though. So, yeah. Basically, there's two prongs to this story today. The DOJ came out and said they're investigating him and his campaign finance. And then following was them taking away his committee assignments. So it's giving unravel. It's giving a little bit of an unraveling, which hopefully that continues. I have an awe contraire POV. Let's hear it. Okay. So at first you might look and be like him on committee, especially like for just anything like that would be just bad. Like this guy is clearly a criminal. He's a liar, all of those things. But wouldn't you also find it helpful to see something from the lens of a criminal? A criminal like making laws? Hold on, hold on. Like someone like that therefore presents and highlights the loopholes and things. Like this guy in getting to where he has, has presented loopholes in how we vet our candidates. And mm-hmm. then, like, if he were to suggest something, a bill, or suggest questions on a particular bill, whatever it is, it would be interesting to hear that and then investigate that POV. It'd be like, hmm, if someone like him is looking at something from this angle, that means we're missing something. I'm just so. Saying- are you assuming that George Santos would be amending legislation through the eyes of him wanting? to create loopholes in the laws no or you think that he's gonna like try and be a good guy amend legislation what he thinks 
Mm-mm, neither. Oh. Neither. I okay. think just his perspective is so corrupt that whatever mm. he says or suggests provides an opportunity for people to investigate. Like what he suggests is like, if he suggests something, it's like, shit, we're missing something. Does that make sense? Well, are you sure it's not what I said the first time that we can then investigate like potential loopholes that a criminal might think of? Yes, that's okay. Oh, that's okay. what I said I to, in the it. beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I, what I said, but I was like, it's giving, I think we're on the same page. But yeah, no, yeah. that's an interesting, it's an interesting point. I mean, obviously, maybe like, maybe as a consultant, maybe not <laughs> as an elected official. I'm just saying, yeah. like, in a perfect world, we don't want, you know, criminals making our laws, but no, you no, raise no. an interesting point that it could be a good, a good sneaky way think- to figure a criminal. It's like when criminals like help with, investigations or what that's is that? totally where I got it from too yeah that's when they like totally. get in the mind of a criminal to know like how that guy murdered that person yeah and they like go to the jail cell and they're like yeah what do you think of what this? do you like, think mm-hmm. the mind of a murderer yeah yep mm-hmm. that's exactly the lens at which I'm looking at this from again I don't <sighs> think he should be in elected office but I am I saying if like- he does stick around I do advise any of the staffers that listen to this show to consider what he puts out there from that POV. Just maybe a rabbit hole or two to go down. Speaking of staff, like I'm just so mm. curious, like who's on his staff? What do they look like? Who are they? How do they think about the world? You know, I are you just, too, did they just also... like take the job because they're like, I've been wanting to work on Capitol Hill. This is like <laughs> the only person I could, I could get in with. You know, like who works for that man? And That's what do they think question. of him? Like, do they all laugh at him and think that he's a, that he's a joke? Or are they like on his side? I'm just so curious. Honestly, the best person to ask would be someone that works for Jen Shaw. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Well, one thing I did want to raise because it's something mm. that hits very close to home to me. Um, there has been more rolling out of 2021 infrastructure funds. As we know, I went to the Golden Gate Bridge one last week with Pelosi, Buttigieg, all all the friends. Biden is showcasing the $292 million mega grant that will be used to help build a new rail tunnel beneath the Hudson River between New York and New Jersey. Again, part of this infrastructure package from 2021. And first of all, love the the world tour, the world tour, the world tour, basically the world tour of everyone in the Biden administration and just the Democratic Party going around showcasing their work. First of all, love to see that comms, that comms effort. Yep. But what I love specifically about this story is that it's an Amtrak story. It's it's support for the Amtrak. And if you know me, mm-hmm. you know I'm an Amtrak really through and through. And I just this is what I love to see my taxpayer, my taxpayer dollars be spent on is the Amtrak. As a prior New Jersey kid, the need for an upgraded tunnel is unreal slash also NJ Transit. Don't know if it's specific to NJ Transit, the funding, because I haven't looked, but even even though, regardless, the tunnel situation is very necessary because if you've ever gotten stuck in the tunnel for hours at a time as things have de- been delayed because of something, some issue with the tunnel, and you've also had to pee at the same time, perhaps, or... You are incredibly hungry because you didn't eat all day at work or whatever. whatever. And those bathrooms are so disgusting. So gross. That is the one Um, thing critique I had from the Amtrak was that the bathroom was not an enjoyable experience, even in the nice one. Amen. You are lucky that you did not go on Andrew. So Andrew Transit, let me just also preface for anyone that's not from New Jersey. It is like standing room only for commuting, meaning like Mm. there's seats and then there's once there's no seats, everyone's standing in, to the level that like on the in-between things that are like exposed, people are standing on those. It gets so crowded, especially in the summer. Like I would take it like when I was doing summer internships and all that stuff back in the day. And it's insane. So if imagine the train gets stuck in the tunnel, you're standing there for like three hours while they try and clear like someone's the tunnel. like dirty hair in your face. It's genuinely like, I, I mean, look, there's worse things in life. I know, but like it's living hell. It's mm-hmm. so horrible. And like, you've like worked all day and you're literally a sardine. That's a medium. And, and the, that's a medium inconvenience. Is, so you've paid for the ticket too. Like they have like monthly, just like you would do for like the subway. 
but like the sub obviously is a little bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. And the the ticket the ticketing for it's pretty expensive. If I, it was years ago, but like it was it was a pretty penny for doing a commuter pass. So brutal, brutal. Yeah. yeah, you pay for a ticket and then don't get to sit. So whereas like Amtrak, you are guaranteed a seat. Well, so. that's why we love the Amtrak. Big big supporter of this and love seeing this infrastructure bill really get get rolled out and you know reach the the citizens of this country all the taxpayers who mm-hmm. get to see their money you know really put to work so that's that on that all right guys so now that we're getting into this solo episode which is like really new territory for us i have to say like i think we did maybe one solo episode before yeah right? i mean we do a solo episode every week with top stories technically oh. but oh my god yeah. L-O-L. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's, well, it's, you know, me and my 10 personalities, you and your 10 personalities, they're all there together. Yeah. So yeah. it's really, it's a crowded room. It's a, it, no one, everyone's fighting over the mic. It truly is. And what also always fights over the mic are the top stories, but we don't have, mm. we're not doing those today. And so what's getting yeah. the full attention is, I well, more of our thoughts on things <laughs> <laughs> because we're kicking it off with a segment. That we thought would be fun and informative for all of you. So, Samantha, why don't you explain what's about to happen? Yes. Okay. So, what's about to happen? Let's just talk about it. We have a segment called State of the Bills. So, we've focused a lot on top stories recently, a lot of national legislation, national political moves, but we very much, very much know that big moves are happening at the state level in good and bad ways. So we want to talk about state legislation that's moving through, whether quickly, whether at a snail's pace, whatever. So we're going to talk about some bills to cheer at. AK, call your reps and say, bills, pass bills, this. bills, bills, bills. What is, we need like the Destiny's Child song, you know? That is what it is. Bills, bills, bills. It was, and that was an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the melody, but. We're going to stick to political podcasting, I think. Look, I'm I'm not saying that at one point we might not hire a vocal coach, but we, we sure should at this rate. Okay, oh, well, but what? wait, one other one other element though, just to give the rules of the you know the lay of the land, if you will. Yeah, what's the rules it of the is, game? We will also talk about bills to jeer at. So there's bills to cheer at, and there's bills to jeer at. I'm just in a very punny mood. You can tell I... me a little bit of writing momentarily. So Samantha mm-hmm. texted me that, and I was like jeer at hey it works it works and it works well but it's just not one of one i would have thought of so props to you thank you thank you it takes many about so nonetheless we're gonna start by running through a piece of legislation out of texas and i have to say it's interesting to see like something positive come out of Texas. And I'm really sorry to like any of our Texans <laughs> out there that listen. I know we have a bunch of y'all, but just no, I think if so anything, much of- this is good for all our Texas listeners to know that like there is also good stuff happening within your state. And like this bill is True. one of them. True. And it's just so hard. I think it's, it can get really just sad when you're like, oh my God, like, is there anything that's going to help anyone? Mm-hmm. You know, but this bill, I was excited to see, especially after or on the heels of our teacher pay episode mm-hmm. with Nicholas Ferroni. So if you haven't actually listened or watched that episode yet, go check it out. That is an interview episode that we didn't mess the audio up for. So yeah, indeed. There it is. There it is. Nonetheless, <laughs> let's. <laughs> you know, it's funny. What? Is it like the theme? There's just been this like reoccurring theme of like, storage on my devices lately (laughs) and the fact that (laughs) the storage on my computer is also a problem apparently and decided to delete our audio like it's just so on brand and I just had to point that out it is and there's something like with that with you and technology where there's certain themes there's that and then there's like the water on the computer theme yeah like there's it's I think it's a general segment you know what I mean like it's beyond storage it's a I, certain je ne sais quoi. That's not how you use that phrase. I failed French, whatever. Actually, not failed. I don't know what hot. I did to deserve to deserve these qualms. No, I neither. If anyone has any tips for storage on both the phone and the computer, Apple, Apple products, 
please let me know if anyone works at the genius bar or something and is like hey here's the here's the tip here's the trick please gm because i need all the help i can get in both realms both devices why why have we not befriended someone at the genius bar yet that is a necessary networking move that we have yet to go after okay well like like maddie said if you work the genius bar we want to be friends with you because we appreciate your soul, but also because and we would like your free labor. You must have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> free advice. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Okay. okay, this bill. This Tell us bill. About the bill. Okay, so this includes this bill includes the largest teacher pay raise in Texas history, and it was presented at the state capitol by Representative James Tillerico, who is a former teacher. The bill is Bill One Five Four Eight, by the way, for refions. What accent is that? <laughs> it's a little bit of a mixture of Spanish and French. <laughs> I learned a few Italian words last weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. My one was go fuck yourself. And the other was what the fuck are you doing? And my sister's very Italian boyfriend told me how to say those things. That is sci-fi gendo. My sister's going to be like, that's not right. You did not pronounce that right. I think that's pretty right. That means what the fuck? Crying. Yeah. Also, I'm so sad that I studied abroad in Italy and never learned that. What type of education did I get? Oh, Meanwhile, what was the point? What was uh, the point? Great question. Can I have a refund? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nonetheless, back in Texas, back in Texas. So if this bill passed, it would raise minimum teacher pay to 48660 Oh my God, that was so hard to say. Guys, numbers are just brutal. And that's for zero years experience and raise the average teacher pay to 73,887. That is so specific sometimes with these dollar amounts. Like mm-hmm. we couldn't have made that just 73,900. You know what I mean? Why do we so, need that specific dollar amount. Right. Like, like I just, down to the dollar. But also can we, I know like everything operates on a budget. I'm not a Looney Tune, but well, I am, but you know, within reason. Why can't we round up? Mm-hmm. It's really, least we can do. It really right. is. It's just something interesting. Now, here was an additional, additional element. Texas is currently sitting on a forty-seven billion dollar worth of unused state funds, meaning that they can give Texas teachers fifteen thousand dollars raise and still have half of that surplus left over. So there is money oh in gosh. the bank to totally. pay these teachers, which I still think is way far below what they should be paid, but give them definitely the you know wage in which, or at least bring them up quite a living, bit. Living wage, literally. And to reference, currently in Texas, teacher pay is $7,500 below the national average. And this is not the first time in Texas a bill like this was introduced in 2021. This bill was filed in another, you know, form just different session. In March 2021, the same representative filed a similar bill, Bill 3580, which aimed to set the minimum salary at $70,000 with an adjustment for inflation and increase over and an increase over time. So a little bit of a variation on a theme in terms of raising teacher pay. In reading the articles about this bill, I can't seem to get a gauge on what the prognosis is, like, does this have a fighting chance or not? But what I do know is that typically when people call their reps, it makes things move. So I highly recommend calling your reps. If you live in Texas, look up your rep and give them a call. This this is one of those things that should be so nonpartisan, like paying teachers a living wage. That is the most politicized thing ever. But with that said, as a constituent, I feel like this is such an issue, too, where, like, you can really hold your rep accountable and be like, how could you not support this, like, on either side? And, like, it's something where if you put pressure on reps, like, they – I think they will give in and support it if they have the the pressure from their constituents because it's, like, so not a partisan issue and it shouldn't be. And so Especially if with there's the budget pressure surplus. from constituents, which is, like, literally their job, they need to vote in the what what their constituents want not not even what they want or their party wants so again if there's that pressure i think it can go a long way especially at the state level so i thought was a first side and here's the thing not that you need any reason to or should need any more reasons 
to want teachers to be paid a living wage and beyond. But like Mm -hmm. every single friend group has a teacher in it. I have yet to meet a friend group out in this universe that's post-grad that doesn't have at least one teacher in it or like a former teacher in it. Oh, but my roommate and one of my best friend, her sister is teacher. So I'll count that. Okay. That counts. It's within the Mm -hmm. sphere. Okay. Let's just like the social, like if a social circle had 10 layers within the first seven. There it is. I don't know why that's the way I decided to explain it, but there it is. <laughs> so anyways, um, Texas, that Texas, is a bill to cheer. Out. And if you have any friends in Texas and maybe you are not in Texas, let them know mm-hmm. about this bill and let them know that they can support it. And also, especially if you have teacher friends in Texas, get And again, get that, that is House Bill out. 1548. There it is, folks. Okay. Next bill is coming out of the state of New York. And Ooh, apart, this is an accent day. This is part of our, our bills to cheer for, correct? Second one. Correct. So it is the New York Good Cause Evictions Protections Bill, and that is S305. And the bill is basically designed to, according to the housing justice for all New York, good cause allows tenants to defend themselves in court against evictions and outrageous rent hikes which I'm sure all our New Yorkers can relate to out there. Samantha, I'm looking at you. Mm -hmm. It prevents arbitrary or retaliatory evictions by requiring landlords to have, quote, good cause, which is basically considered nuisance, breaking the lease, non-payment of rent. To successfully pursue eviction, yearly rent increases over a certain threshold, 3% or 150% of the consumer price index, CPI, essentially the rate of inflation. Whichever is larger could be challenged by the tenant, requiring the landlord to justify the increase. This bill helps tenants fight for safe conditions without fear of retaliatory evictions. So we absolutely love to see it in this economy. Honestly, any economy. Yeah, sorry. In any economy. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely in any economy, but in this economy. (laughs) Like there's also some sister bills attached here. So the housing protection bill also has sisters. They are housing access voucher program, which is S568A. This would provide rental subsidies for low-income New Yorkers who are homeless or at risk of losing their housing. With $250 million in funding the first year, the legislation would create 16,000 vouchers, which would cap tenants' rent burden at 30%. The other sister bill here is the Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Act, S221. This gives all tenants the right to collectively make decisions about their homes when their building is up for sale. Tenants could work together to convert their building to resident-controlled social housing, such as shared equity, cooperatives, nonprofit rentals, community land trusts, or more using existing public subsidy programs. By reducing incentives for landlords to keep buildings in disrepair in order to sell them off to the highest buyer, TOPA will also help tenants achieve safer living conditions in their existing housing with $200 million in funding for the first year. We can convert 1,600 homes to democratically controlled social housing. So there is also an action item here because Mm -hmm. who are we if not action item? (laughs) Action item girlies. So New Yorkers can tell their reps to pass the Good Cause Evictions Protections Bill. S305, along with the Housing Access Voucher Program and the Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Act via an easy-to-send email form from at Housing Justice for All. Go follow at Housing Justice for All on Instagram and go check out their easy-to-send email form. Yeah, guys, we actually have a post about this. So if you want to share this with your friends. Obviously, you can send this episode to them. They can listen in to what Maddie just ran through, what these three sister bills are all about. But you can also send it on social. So at Girl and Gov, it's on the regular account, the action item account, if you will. And and this link, the action item link to the email form that we're talking about will be in this description. And it literally takes three seconds. I love when organizing groups do this Mm -hmm. where they make an email form because here's the double thing is not only does it make it easy to be like, okay, put my name in my details, send it to your correct rep, right? 
But what's said in that email is what you can also use to like follow up and call that rep. It's like the perfect two in one. And I feel like everyone's gets so tripped up, self-included as to like what to say when calling or up like, hi, can you like solve the world's problems? It's just hard. It's the way that I freeze up and like choke anytime I'm on the phone. Like, especially I have had really awkward moments calling a rep and being and like just right when they answer, I'm like, Having a script <laughs> is absolutely life-changing and will make it so much easier. And we also love an email script to just totally. blast out immediately. Efficiency, I think guys. that might be like the only thing where like we we work well with the script. Like Maddie and I have tried to do so many things with scripts <laughs> before, true. guys. Like down to our first episode ever, we were like, let's write out the script. And it was, we can't, first of all, we can't stay on script. Not our thing. Second of all, like we just... We like there is something about we just can't read. That's There's what something it is. about the magic that comes from us just being off script and mm. off the cuff and just shooting the shit together. Shoot, shoot. Why but would yeah. we? Why would we cage ourselves like that? You know, we get we let can't our freak put, flags fly here. Can't put baby in a corner. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he really said like all the phrases needed in this wait there was what was this there was something literally all the boxes there was someone which representative was this shoot i can't remember if i pulled this for our hashtag viral newsletter which if you don't know it's our paid social media consulting newsletter if you work in the political space this is designed specifically for you to make your life easier and have content trends how to use different features like write your inbox just make it super easy and helpful regardless I know. I just, I try <laughs> little personal ad read, but there was someone that I was saying like a apps. Oh, oh my God. I remember it wasn't even for that. Well, keep the plug in and remember it. Tell, tell your friends is that I love Senator John Tester for like a gazillion reasons. But one of the reasons is because he speaks in phrases. Like if you listen to like clips of him chatting about anything, introducing a bill, talking about a situation, everything is in like, basically like it's, it's how I speak. Yeah. yeah. And I'm obsessed with it. And I'm obsessed with him. And I honestly, and what cemented my love for him was seeing him on the Senate floor when we were in DC last. Yeah. I, there's something, his energy is just immaculate. No. Yeah. He is special. And I think people who talk like that have a special place in my heart. For sure. And I strive <laughs> to be like them. Clearly we both do. Well, we have one more, one more bill to cheer at. Samantha, run us through. This one is positive news all around, and the governor actually signed it today. So talk about great timing. But they have passed a abortion protection bill in Minnesota. It's called the Protect Reproductive Options Act, also known as the PRO Act. So it passed the Minnesota House last week, then it passed the Senate, and now the governor has signed it. The Bill states that Minnesotans have a fundamental right to an abortion and reproductive health care like fertility treatments and contraception. The bill passed on a party line vote early last Saturday morning, and Republicans tried to add in a dozen of amendments that would have restriction on abortion access. No, thanks. Sorry, guys. Sorry, no. But nonetheless, it has persevered. So we love to see it. We absolutely abortion rights are protected in Minnesota. And come on, Minnesota. Let's go. Well, that was such a fantastic fantastic one to end on oh i have one one point though to add to just like the cheers of it yeah and that is because of so many states having restrictions like states around minnesota minnesota has become one of the places that people have crossed state lines to go get an abortion and according to one of the articles on this Planned Parenthood, the largest abortion provider in the state, that it saw a 13% increase in out-of-state patients seeking abortions. So this really it is huge. Yeah. It's like so much bigger than Minnesota. It's totally surrounding area is gonna benefit from this bill, which is super exciting. Um, and obviously we hope that just everyone everywhere gets access to abortion. But given the times, this is good news. But cheer, cheers to that. Cheers. Absolutely cheers. That's a that's a full term cheers. It not only it was introduced, it made it through the House, it made it through the Senate, it made it to the governor's desk, and then it was put into law. Like it fully came to terms. Which is 
definitely something we love to see. And just asterisks that the first two have not become law yet. Correct. So that's why we need those action items for those ones. Mm-hmm. But those are the bills to cheers at. I also realized we probably should have like switched those because usually in life you're supposed to just save the best for last. But we unfortunately have to get into some bills to jeer at because there are some doozies out there who that which are just not so joyous, not so fun. So, but there are action items along with them as well. So there's some defense, defense we have to do here, folks. Okay, so first one is out of North Dakota because North Dakota lawmakers have introduced legislation to ban books that contain, quote, sexually explicit content from public libraries, including a provision that could jail jail librarians if they do not comply. So while Republican legislators around the country have introduced similar bills over the past year, most apply only to school libraries. House Bill 1205, however, would ban all public libraries from stocking, quote, sexually explicit materials in the name of protecting children, meaning that readers of all ages would be banned from accessing LGBTQ plus inclusive texts, which are largely what these bans restrict. So it was introduced a couple weeks ago by North Dakota House Representative Mike LaFour and Vicki Steiner. The bill would redefine, quote, explicit sexual material to include, quote, deviant sexual intercourse, sadomasochistic abuse, sexual perversion, sexual identity, and or gender identity. Neither deviant nor perversion are defined in the bill, a likely intentional vague wording that could apply to just about anything. The public will be allowed to submit removal requests to libraries regarding books that violate the bill. Libraries must individually develop review processes for these requests, and if found guilty, they would be forced to remove the book within 30 days of receiving the request. Those who are found guilty of stalking such books would be guilty of a Class B misdemeanor, which carries a penalty of up to 30 days in jail, a fine of $1,500 or both. So we've seen a lot of similar things, I think, play out across country in different red states. This, I think what's tricky about this one and dangerous about this one is that when the public is consuming this information, they will probably see banning explicit sexual material from libraries and say, yeah, of course. Right. Right. Like they're like looking at this as if it's like standard pornography. Yeah. Like, like going to like porn Yeah. The fuck. <laughs> and that's not what it's including in the vague wording and language that's deep kind of in the bill is what's dangerous here. And especially the, very specified sexual identity and gender identity being included in these all of these terms so yeah it's not inclusive and it is definitely problematic in a lot of ways the other thing that i think this has some detrimental effects on is sexual education and good sexual education and sexual education that is needed and necessary for people really of all ages (laughs) but totally i Yeah, I think, you know, to each their own on this topic of how they want to raise their children, of how, you know, they want to expose their children to sex and sex education. Personally, I think it's something that should be talked about and educated on, but there are many places in this country that don't feel the same way. So, yeah. Yeah, I just, I also think that, if you're not going to provide sex education in school and or also you're not going to guarantee that the sex education provided is scientifically accurate, which schools don't have to do, then by at least like the bare minimum, have like educational books available in your library. Exactly. And it's also it's up to the person at the library to take out those books if they so desire. Like, why are you getting in the way of someone's own interest and education? Don't you think this is like a government overreach? It is government overreach. (laughs) Isn't this like kind of what Republicans hate? Like, let us make our own decisions. And that's the other thing, too. Like, kids have parents, for the most part, who can be like, what did you just check out from the library? And like, they can make that decision within their family. Right. 
we don't need you. No, Say, why are like, you trying to determine to what us, other people do? Like, get out of my to business. Tell me what books I can read and what content I can consume. Since when is that? Since when is that allowed? You know, and it's so hypocritical. So like, think about like, when you were a kid and like you would go to like that one friend's house that would have like the snacks you weren't allowed to have. It's like, that's, I get it. I get that there's like the parents' prerogative, but again, it's those parents, it's their like, choice. It's, their choice. It's, their it's choice. also like the government isn't deciding, doesn't get to decide on behalf of only a select group of people what can mm-hmm. and cannot be done. The idea of the government and its idea of fairness is that it's representative of the whole and provides opportunity for all. And you are able to have the freedom to make decisions off of that and explore or not explore things as you wish. But and mind this you, this type is not thing, like the government saying you can't teach explicit or show explicit sexual material in schools. I feel like that's even a little bit different. Like this is a public library where like literally adults go to and like they can't even have access to that type of material. It's just it's just more and more of this theme of people, especially people who have certain religious values that they want to push on everybody else. Right. That's what this is. And it's 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 not America. That's no, it's not. It's because it does not allow for freedom of religion. And if your religion mm-hmm. is to not practice theirs and therefore not follow their guide to life or how they view things, you are entitled to. So being putting laws in place like that is overreach of their religion. They are dictating laws from that perspective and that perspective only, not on behalf of all constituents and all Americans that, again, have the freedom of religion. So I think I think that they think that they have their freedom of religion allows them to freely put their religion on other people. It's like, no, no, no. It's actually the opposite. You can practice your religion however you want but you cannot make anybody else do the same. Everyone else gets that that freedom as well, along with you. So a thousand percent. frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. Hate to see this. Hate to see this. Hate to see this. So are there action items along, along these lines? The action items are calling your reps and telling them that this bill receives a jeer. I really thought that was going to rhyme better than it did. We're jeering at this bill. Maybe Maybe don't. Maybe don't use that language when you call because given how specific they need you to be. Mm, It's fair. Yeah. Don't use our speaking The poor intern at the switchboard is going to be like, what's jeering me? Hey, yay or nay. That's the legislative vernacular for you. Yeah. Tell Tell them them to vote now. Big nay. That's the story. Vote That's now. That's the story. I also think we're going to continue to see more and more of these bills in red states, unfortunately. Totally. I think proposed in blue states, too, just not getting any traction, but they're getting traction in red states. Yeah. And when I say red states, I mean really voter-suppressed states, but that's my opinion on that, too. Okay, mm. next bill to jeer at. Mm. Thank you, next. Thank you, next. Now for this next bill. That's mm, not it. We're going to go over to... Idaho. Which have you ever been to Idaho? I have back in the the day for a soccer tournament, but oh wow, I don't really remember. But anyways, back to Idaho, where they have bills being introduced to prevent young people from voting being introduced. I don't remember if I said introduced already, but we're back at it. So, anyways, this new bill was introduced this past Monday and would prohibit the use of student IDs as an acceptable form of identification for voting in Idaho elections and remove. It would remove a voter's ability to sign an affidavit to prove their identity to vote. First-year Representative Tina Lambert of Caldwell is sponsoring the new three-page bill. Without giving any specific examples of the practice, Lambert said she's worried about students being able to commit voter fraud with their student IDs. What? Grow up. Grow up. Grow up. If they're doing anything with IDs, they're getting fake IDs to buy beer. Like, so I can't... like. Why can't a college ID work? Why do we even need IDs to vote? Get out. Insane. Insane. So just for background, currently Idaho law allows for voters to use a current student photo ID card issued by a high school or institution of higher education, including colleges and universities located in Idaho. That is bringing me back to like high school. We had, did you guys have ID tags that had like a lanyard? No, no. We had like ID cards, like college ID cards. Like college IDs. Interesting. 
cars. Like they I had to be in this those. plastic, like it was a lanyard, but like one of those, like almost like, because if you're at like a trade show like or a fob. something. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a whole, a whole thing. Anyways, that just really brought me back in time there, I say. Regardless, if this bill were to pass, the only acceptable forms of ID for voting in Idaho elections would be an Idaho driver's license or identification card issued by the Idaho Transportation Department, a passport or ID card, including a photograph issued by an agency of the U.S. government, a tribal photo ID, a license to carry concealed weapons, or an enhanced license to carry concealed weapons. Please tell me how... That's American. A license to carry a concealed weapon gets priority here over a student id like hey you're allowed to vote because you own a gun that can kill people but you're not allowed to ha- use an id to that you know proves you're your further your education, education. <laughs> also and, question yeah. loophole yeah what if it's a state school what if it's a public high school you know mm-mm, mm-mm, not loophole because has to be issued by the Idaho Transportation Department or the agency of the U.S. government. I know, but that's what I'm saying. That's so stupid about this is that it's like there's schools that are funded by the state. So it's like... Right. So it's like it's still the government. It's still the government. You know? It's not a loophole. It's just a... It's a Observation. (laughs) A plot hole. That's what it is. It's totally a plot hole. Yeah. So this bill sucks. 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 Absolutely sucks. Nonetheless, that's what's happening in Idaho. Call your, reps. Call your reps if you live in Idaho and say absolutely not. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Not. Yeah, no, thanks. Okay, next one is coming out of Indiana. Oh, Indiana, which is a bill that requires schools to notify parents of students' gender identity changes. So a bill introduced at the Indiana State House would require schools to notify parents if a student asks to change their identity, gender identity, including their name and pronouns. The proposal appears on the last page of Senate Bill 354, a school accreditation bill. Under the bill, teachers and other school employees would be required to notify parents if their child has requested a change in gender identity, specifically using a, quote, name, attire, pronoun, title, or word to identify the student in a manner that is inconsistent with the student's biological sex at birth. So if the student tells school employees about this kind of change or questions their identity, the bill requires the school to inform the child's parent within five days. The bill's author is State Senator Jeff Ratz. Ratz. Shut up. Shut up. That's his. Okay. There it is. They're also going to hate this announcement. And he declined a request for an interview, actually from 59 and he provided a statement which reads senate bill 354 simply requires school districts to notify a parent if their child has expressed conflicted feelings with gender identity or expression as well as if the student asks to change their name attire or title to one inconsistent with their biological sex at birth parents should know if their child is struggling and should shouldn't be kept from the situation that is so dangerous it's so dangerous i will say that was a good statement. Well written. I do agree. Yeah. I think you're totally, and he PRs it well to make it about PR'd like well. the, you know, the parents Child being struggling. able to write and protect their kids. And, and look, in a perfect I, world, right. I would love for a parent to know that too, because like, if you're a good parent, you're going to help your child through, you know, getting them the care they need or whatever, like the next steps are, if you're going right. to support them through that, like obviously like a parent involved is very necessary and would be so helpful for the child to like have a supportive parent through that. But there's so many situations where the parents are not supportive and it becomes a really slippery slope. So yeah. It puts a lot of kids unfortunately in danger. It's giving like such a big brother vibe. Like this is also beyond, this is, okay, there's so many angles to this, but this is another example of also forcing government overreach and also forcing teachers to do more than their job description. Mm, Yeah. You're not going to pay your teachers enough. Mm, you're pulling their resources. And then folks. now, right. And then in addition to that, you're requiring them to be also, you know, a different type of parent. And then also potentially put them, their students in danger and also act as like in-classroom cops over yeah. someone's own personal expression. I mean, it's, yeah, this bill ain't it. So ain't as it. per usual- Call your reps. If you live in Indiana, this is one to dial those digits about. So get on it. A bill to jeer at. 
Bill not to a bill to cheer at. Okay. So those were our bills to cheer and bills to jeer at. Hopefully you guys found that interesting first of all, but also love the little action items attached and we can all be calling our reps and informing all of our friends in those states with those bills to take some action as well. So next we did get some questions from the fans. The, the Gov Club. <laughs> the Gov Club. We are going to run through some of these. And then we also have, if anyone has follows us on TikTok and seen our Fast Five segment, we also are going to ask each other our favorite Fast Five question to see what the vibes are. Because we always talk about this. We're like, we ask these people these questions all the time, but like we have never answered them. So there's some I'm curious to hear your thoughts on. But first question was... How did you guys get started with Girl on the Gov? Also, who has been the most interesting, best, most fun interview? Okay, well, you the do the first part. part. Okay. Yeah, how about you do the first part? I'll do the second. Okay, not that I, I, don't, I don't even have an qu- answer for the second part. Sorry. Yeah, well, it's my I'm giving least you a question. No, literally. Well, it gives you a little time while I ramble. Okay. You know, the people get to hear the spiel. But basically, Girl on the Gov basically started as an events company and. It was born out of the idea that we generally have now, which is rebranding politics and making it more, you know, accessible for young people. But it was really in the the lens of, again, of sense and trying to make sure that we were meeting people where they were. So that was like rooftop bars and like fun things that you would do in the city. It was like just really fun events that integrated, that were like a part of your normal day-to-day that also integrated politics. And then during the pandemic, obviously couldn't do any of those events like in person, not the vibe, not the thing. And Maddie and I had like a cute little meet cute moment, which I still think is like the funniest level of fate. Digital meet cute because I was being such a little stalker weirdo and just following people on IG, just trying to like grow the Instagram account. I had like no idea like what I was doing, which by the way, for any any of our youngins and also other fellow adults out there, like no one knows what they're doing. I just want to put that out there. Like even mm-hmm. when you know what you're doing, you don't know what you're doing because that's just how the universe works. Anyways, long story short is I just happened to follow the right person at the right time because Maddie DM'd me and was like, hey, would love to help. And I was like thinking in my head, like my, you know, looking at my little phone during the middle of COVID being like, that's awesome. I have no idea what to tell this chick. Like, I don't know what would even be helpful. And she followed up with me like the baddie she is and was like, hey, want to start a podcast? And I said yes, which is so wild given the two of us, like Mm -hmm. in the sense of just being like, okay, you know what? Let's just go so rogue. Usually we're, I mean, we go rogue for sure, but like we're also both like really strategic so the fact that we both were like blind faith, I mean, maybe that's just the the art of the pandemic and it's own weird, not the art of the pandemic. It sounds so weird, but you know what I mean? Like it's the art of the universe or the universe. I think that's more what I mean. That's, um, that's a little more appropriate. No. Yeah, it yeah. was, it is quite the inter- an interesting story. We always get gasps when we tell people that, but moral of the story is shoot your shot, slide into those DMs. You never know what can happen. So totally that's the get started story. Yeah. I do want to say one other thing to the get started is that the, it's so interesting to me that like we started like the events we'll still, we'll still do them at some point, but we've kind of like put that to the wayside and how like our OG mission is still the same, but we've like redirected how we're doing it and what has grown out of it. And it's just so crazy. Like, yeah, we ended up starting a podcast, but like we ended up starting like so much more from that. Like now we have a whole consulting arm that we're working on and podcast consulting, which we launched today. So if you're looking to start a podcast in the political space, like let us know, we're happy to help. We can get you hooked up with all the things, but it's just interesting how one product that we were like, the mission has not changed at all. No, Like that's been the constant. Just taken so many different and added approaches and verticals to it, which I go us because we had no idea what the hell we thought this would become and it's gone somewhere. So go us. Truly go us. And Um, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you everyone for getting us here. We, yeah, it's, it's really all just super crazy. I also, even before meeting Sam, even knowing what girl in the gov was, like I always thought the same thing she did when she started. It was like, politics needs to be way easier for people. It needs to be way more fun. And especially for our generation, there needs to be 
something for us. And I had no idea what that would look like or what that would be. But it's always like always a sentiment I had, even working in politics, which I did. I was working on campaigns and stuff before Girl on the Gov. And it even working in those spaces, if you're not like a certain demographic of person, like it's really intimidating space to be in. And like, there's just such a status quo of what politics should look like and what people in politics should look like. And that just, you know, needs to be opened up to everyone. And it starts with kind of what kind of access points are provided. And I I think I love that we are hopefully providing those for people. So there's that on that. Who has been the most interesting, best, most fun interviews? When I tell you guys that this is our least favorite question to get, not no shade to our Gov Clubber that asked this, but we seriously treat all these episodes like our babies and it's really hard to choose a favorite. So I literally don't... (laughs) Have one. I what I always talk about too. That's like still to this day one of the most mm, mind blowing ones is the ID one with Cat Calvin. Yeah. That was literally I think in 2021 too. So it's it's a long time ago. But I think that was a topic that I really was just like jaw dropped at as far as just learning about government identification and how hard it is for some people to get IDs. And if you don't have an ID, how many doors that closes for you? Like it's a really, really interesting episode. It's just an interesting topic. But yeah, I don't think I can pick a favorite guest. Like that's just rude. I would be a bad mother. You'd be be (laughs) such a bad mom. You'd be like totally mom shamed. Like forget any like get out of the Facebook group or whatever. A thousand percent. But no, I think they're all like all of our guests have been so amazing and really have brought such different sets of expertise to every episode. And we really look, we try and do that on purpose too. We want you guys to go to, even if like we were able to create a little mini playlist of all the ones on political media, right? Like we would want every single one of those episodes to still have a different POV and bring something new to the table, like fresh questions, which is honestly like part of why we have that. I have a stupid question segment because it kind of grounds the way we do everything where it has to make sure or it kind of requires us to ask something that's so new even if it's a realm that we've touched before so i think that's really a part of it i think though in terms of just an episode that i would recommend everyone go listen to and that's all of them but is actually our episode, or not actually, is our episode with Dr. Kiara Bridges about CRT. First mm. of all, Dr. Bridges is amazing. Incredible. She is genuinely, like, I decided not to go to law school way back when. I would go to law school just so she could be my professor. Like, I would 100%. take the LSAT just for that. She you imagine is your professor brilliant. being the one who absolutely roasted Josh Hawley in, on, in the Senate. I would be fangirling the entire time. I would not be able to concentrate. If you guys haven't like, seen that, slay, slay, slay. You can literally just go on TikTok right now in the search bar and and type in Dr. Kiara Bridges, Josh Hawley, and the video will come up of her absolutely roasting his ass, and it's pretty incredible during a Senate hearing. So no, we love all our guests. It's again such a hard question to answer, but hopefully an ode to how much we value these episodes and these guests and like picking them for you guys and picking these topics and making sure that not only are they informative topics but that they're amazing people who can like bring some light and funness to these episodes totally and you know what i want to make one more point to that before we get into these next questions is i think that's what's like also so fun is some of the time like I feel like our guests don't get to have a lot of fun in the space that they're working in and not in the sense of like, Mm -hmm. like even just in terms of media opportunities, I feel like a lot of them are like the classic old, like stiff opportunities where everyone's so like, whatever. And it's actually a place where they get to have a little fun and we could have fun together. And I just think that's like something special. So. Agreed. Agreed. Nonetheless. Nonetheless. Next cue. Okay. The achievements of Girl on the Gov that you are the proudest of so far. Oh my goodness gracious, it's a thinker. Sam hates reflecting. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, on New Year's, I think it was like our New Year's episode, I was talking about like, we should do a little like intro where we talk about our year or whatever. She was like, can we not? Like, I just hate reflecting on things. I'm not... Well, fair. Like, I just like, I don't, 
I don't like bittersweet things. I don't like cheat. Well, like I like certain cheesy things, but very particular. So like reflection, like ugh, ugh, yeah. ugh. My I don't really. The reason why I feel like I don't love reflection is because I have such a shitty memory that like I know I'm not giving like my real true answer because I can't yeah. actually remember what is my favorite achievement. You that know. is fair. I did actually see this one thing on TikTok recently and I did think about doing it, but then of course I just haven't gotten to it. And it was, and again, this is a video where it's so in line with my personality where I was like, oh, she, swipe. But yeah. it was this girl that said her, her therapist told her to write down like on a little piece of paper, any like positive thing that happened or achievement. And put it in a jar? Jar. I saw that too. I thought it was, it was such on- a good idea. Look at us. I need to get my my mason jar out in well, my life. You know what? I think to this point, to this question is, and just the essence of time is that our entire business and business model, everything was so different last year at this time, like January, 2022 versus January, 2023, like girl on the gov is just an entirely different beast. And I think the thing is with that is to be incredibly proud of bringing this business into a larger model and adding so many more verticals from like the social media newsletter to GovHub to rebranding the, you know, the GovClub, like all these different things. I, I think it's hard to pinpoint one, but it, just thinking of where we are now versus where we were last year, it shows like there had to have been like so many micro or not even micro, but like moments that were just so like, wow, or brought us to like some next step. And it's just hard to I mean, like, if you think like a- actual accolades, like you can put on a piece of paper, like Teen Vogue, like that was amazing. Right. Twice, twice. Teen Vogue twice. We were in Teen Vogue twice, you guys. But one of my, I think, proudest moments that I just like was trying to think and I was like, this is something that came to my head was hmm. just the 2022 midterms and the results and how not that we, you know, mm-hmm. played a role in like all these young people turning out. Like we hopefully played a little bit of a role, but like. I also am just very proud of us in the way that we were very like steadfast in our belief in young people and knowing yeah. that people are underestimating us and that people are turning out and like we see the energy and we feel it and we're around it every day and we didn't listen to the pundits we didn't listen to the polls and we said no young people are turning out and they're going to vote for freedom of choice and fucking climate change and all the things we care about. And they did. And the the cherry on top, too, was like going to D.C. right after that, talking to some really, really important people in the space and like literally telling them that but like, no, telling you young people yeah. are the key. And to be able to like have that voice and be that voice and like also have now the evidence of like, no, we were literally right. And here's the proof. I think that was a. Totally. Amen that was to that. A good one. Well, what are your wildest dreams for Girl in the Gov in the future? I would say let me let me chime in here I would just like to say that we would continue to have civic impact and whether that means registering people to vote getting people informed getting people to turn out to vote getting people to call their reps like all those little moments if you guys do go do those action items you go do those things that we are pushing out there to you guys like to be able to keep doing that is a huge dream, I would say. And it was like at the beginning, like literally our one dream we would say it all the time. We we're like, literally, if just one person registers to vote and turns out, like we will be so stoked. Like, so totally. to be able to keep doing this and hopefully like grow it and be just a go-to resource for young people when they want to use their political power and voice. Like that's that's the dream is to just keep being that for people and hopefully we can grow it and reach more and more people and that's that's really the biggest dream and then from there it's like we just kind of keep plugging away and like doing what we know and I feel like it just continues to push us forward yeah do you agree I, I, like I that's do a lame answer for what someone who wants like a real dream to be like, laid out the but, dream? <laughs> yeah. but no I think it's it's hard to tap on wildest dreams is such a hard question i think for us to be able to like maddie said impact as many young people as possible and make sure that people are you know civically engaged and have different tools that meet them where they are and i think 
that's part of, you know, obviously our larger mission, but where we hope to take things is to be able to be in the place to continue expanding what we're doing and to be able to therefore reach niches that maybe we're not in personally, but we have the tools and, you know, that can build that access to. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, the wildest dream is the mission, the OG mission that has been tried and true since the beginning to continue to expand on that. That's the wildest dream. And again, I think really long story short of both of our answers is that can look so many different ways. Yeah. But what we do know is that this mission is it. It's everything and it's been everything. And we're going to keep chugging along and making it come to fruition, like bringing politics into the mainstream for people. So fast five. Agreed. Fast really five. quick. Oh God. Which We've I- talked so much this episode. I feel bad for everyone. They're not used to hearing us talk this much. Okay. Do you have yours? I'm already stressed because now I like now I understand how our guests feel when we do this to them because these are actually hard to think of on the fly. No, truly. But Madison Blue, what is your dream politician celeb mashup or collab? This is a good one for you to ask because I don't even know my answer, so I don't think you would know my answer. I have as I've talked about, I talked about this episode, right? My obsession with Haley Bieber. Oh, yep. But I'm also like Miley Cyrus is like my childhood like obsession. So right. to say, like I I am a loyal ride or die fan for Miley Cyrus. So I don't know which I would choose. Can I do both? Yeah, make it a trio, or make it you can make it a four, make it a quad. Okay. Oh God, now I have to think of two <laughs> politicians. I want both of them just working on voter turnout and civic action. And I want them, I like just, you know what, guys, here's one thing about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's actually, here's my biggest political lesson of all time. I don't know where this be is Be like going. me. Be like me and don't be obsessed with any politician because nobody should ever be. That's a you fact. Know, like, that's, that's the thing. Not like, I, I don't have anyone yes. that I like just really look up to. So, I mean, obviously, I but, look up to okay. so many people, but there's no one that, that I'm like loyal to. You know what I mean? Oh, facts. But maybe like reorient it. Like, it doesn't have to be like the way that you like celeb crush over Haley or Miley. Like, this is more like, okay, who has an issue or who is carrying the torch of an issue that you care about that you think would like intersect well with them? I wish we were politicians. I could say us and Haley. That's the quad I'm looking for. Okay, no. So I think I'm just gonna go with Stacey Abrams. Okay. Um, just because she knows how to get shit done, voter turnout wise, fantastic resource, executes. And I think just I'm gonna just stick with the trio because I think they'd be really powerful and like Haley and Miley have their huge followings and influence and can get people to register, to turn out. But Stacey's going to be the one that puts the infrastructure in place in order for it to happen. You know what I mean? She knows mm-hmm. okay. the ins and outs of how to organize and how to like actually make that happen politically. And then Miley and Haley are using their influence to push people over the finish line. Okay. You just want that quad. I see you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. If we were politicians, then it would be us four. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Your turn. Oh, what is your, who is your favorite politician on the other side of the aisle? <laughs> you know the answer to this. That's not fair. Oh, your crush? Obviously. Oh, it's Mitt Romney. Okay, fuck, yeah. you're right. I already knew that. Let me ask you a different one. What is your dream political power couple? Ooh. That is tough. Hold on. Let me let me get some wheels turning in here. I wish, you know what I wish we had during these, not just for us, but even for our guests, is like a little yearbook to flip through. Like I feel like when I know these pop up, I just forget anyone that's ever existed on Are we the- going to get rid of the fast one after this? <laughs> Oh, I was just like now knowing how hard these questions are to answer. Now we got some good ones. What about Rep. Joanna McClinton and Cory Booker? I'm obsessed. 
the way that I could also just genuinely see like their their vibe mm-hmm. energy is the perfect balance. Yeah. I'm into it. Nice job. Nice job. All right. Thank fuck, we did Thank it. You. Thank God we're only doing one because we have memories of flies. That would be a comp. <laughs> flies. A fish. I'm not. Well, Flip anyways, it. Guys. Flip it. Anyways, guys, that is our solo episode. Maybe the most we've talked to you guys ever. I hope you enjoyed. I hope it was informative, but fun. And we will be back next week with an interview episode, we promise. So tune in then. That's it. Toodaloo. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.